The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Tigers Basketball Podcast. You're hearing a different voice this time introduced. I am Evan Barnes. I am the Tigers football beat writer and your interim Grizzlies writer, um, filling in for our good friend, columnist Mark Giannato, who has just welcomed his second child into the world. Congrats to him. Um, But we will continue on in his stead. Hopefully you guys enjoy my taking taking the lead of the wheel here. But we are joined, as always, by our Tigers basketball beat writer, the incomparable Jason Munns. And we are also joined by a special guest, our Preps writer at the Commercial Appeal, Kari Thompson. Kari, how are you doing? I'm fantastic, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on. Hey, no problem. This is this is Southern Hospitality. This is what we do here. We we invite people to to fill in, to fill the big shoes of Mark Giannato, if you will. But we're all going to triple team this one here. But um, let's dive into this because this was a fun week for Memphis basketball. Jason, you were at Memphis Madness. Uh, Kari, were you at Memphis Madness? I was at Memphis Madness, indeed. Oh, wow. Okay, so I will let you guys tackle this one. So, Jason, I'm going to start with you. Um, <clears throat> what was your impression of of Memphis Madness? We obviously saw uh, Penny Hardaway rolling on that on that nice car, but just what what was your impression of the whole uh, atmosphere down there? Uh, it was good. I mean, it was a little bit weird um, just because, you know, everybody's wearing masks. The mask mandate is still in effect. And so, you know, everybody's wearing wearing a face mask and that's weird, you know, like you're, you're asking people to come in and be rowdy and loud and, uh, uh, and, and rambunctious, but also wearing a mask. So it, it was it was a little bit weird, but, you know, I, I felt like it was fine, you know, because it was a sign that things are trending in the right direction and um and it was nice. I mean, you know, we didn't have we didn't have Memphis Madness last year, a traditional Memphis Madness uh, last year. So um, it was it was really really nice to uh, have people back. Uh, it, it it wasn't it didn't feel like it was quite the uh, uh, same size crowd as um, as it was pre you know for the James Wiseman Precious Achua class. Um, but that's okay. Again, you know, we're all we're all dealing with a pandemic. Uh, so uh, uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was. Um, I, I thought you mentioned uh, Penny coming in on the uh, on the slingshot there. That was a really cool, sort of iconic moment. Uh, the man knows how to make an entrance. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, it was on the stage at the top of the at the top of the bowl. Uh, uh, the, the year before that he comes out, it was his first Memphis madness. He comes out like he's, uh, you know, Mike Tyson or something like that, uh, accompanied by Derez Deshaun singing, uh, you know, singing his song Hardaway. So it was, it was really, really cool. Uh, another cool Memphis madness moment. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought it was good. Kari, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to, to get your, like, what, what's your, uh, what, what was your sense of the, of the night? All right, so I got a little different perspective because I wasn't working. I just posted up like I ain't writing nothing. I'm just gonna be a fan that night. Uh, so let me tell you, man. I think I think you're kind of underselling Penny's entrance. 
Because that was one of those moments where it was like, yo, that was cool. You know what I mean? It had that, it had that like, it had that like WWE raw, like wrestling type feel to it. You know what I'm saying? Whereas, you know, they're, they're cutting, they're cutting from different camera angles. You know what I'm saying? You see Penny revving the engine, driving into FedEx Forum. You know what I'm saying? And he pulls up and, you know, I, I thought it was just a hype video at first, but then when he real live pulled into FedEx Forum on that slingshot and got out, um, Man, it was magical, dude. It was magical. I mean, they had fire. You know what I'm saying? They had fire. Like that's that neat. Was, I'm glad. That super. That's neat. I'm glad that you uh, that you that we have you here to provide your perspective. From where were you sitting? Like where in relation to the floor? I was in the club seats. I was in the pinnacle level. Like like what what angle did you have of the of the slingshot? Uh, so I was looking, I was a little bit to the right of midcourt on the pinnacle level. So like the slingshot, like drove in like directly across from me. Oh, gotcha. Like literally, I saw it like literally from the other side, come on into FedEx form and park and Penny get out and all the smoke surrounding them. You know what I'm saying? It was cool. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I just being a little bit i think it also didn't help that i knew it was coming um yeah. uh, inside info i had been told i had been told about 20 minutes ahead of time uh that it was that it would that that's what was going to happen and so um i think that might have also uh, sort of played a little bit into my uh perspective on it so i'm glad you're here to to, to give yours um what what any other moments from from madness that that you that you enjoyed uh, you know, we got a we got a free we got a free poo shiesty from Big Thirty. <laughs> that yeah. was pretty cool. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, again, I mean, I I just like the fireman. I just like the pageantry of it all. Um, obviously, Penny riding in the slingshot was the moment of the night. Like, yeah. can't undersell it. It was like that moment alone worth price of admission. So, you know, like that's something. That's unique to Memphis. Like Coach K ain't riding in on no slingshot. Don Cal Perry is not riding in on the slingshot with I put on for my city playing. Like he's just not. Like very unique to Memphis. Amazing moment for sure. So so I gotta ask you guys, because it's funny because when I saw it, I watched I saw your videos, Jason and everyone else's videos. I thought it was really like wow like i thought it was another wow this is a penny hardaway type moment and even for somebody who comes from a city where cars are like everything in la i was pretty impressed that was pretty pretty darn cool but i want to ask but i want to ask you jason because we talked a lot about penny's interest being like the highlight of memphis madness um this recruiting class this 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 team i mean it, it, it's almost funny that we're again we're talking about penny hardaway in year four as this you know singular figure but this team has gotten a lot of attention too. So I'm curious, can you really glean anything from, from Memphis Madness in terms of this team, or do we have to wait a little bit more uh, for fans to get more excited about them? I mean, you know, uh, tidbits, I would say, you could take away from what you saw at the thing. I mean, John Camden can shoot the cover off the ball. We know that. Uh, he, he, he exhibited that in the three-point shooting contest, even though he was bested by first 48 himself, Tyler Harris, who who has not lost his any of his stroke 
uh, in the year that he was at Iowa State. Um, that was I mean, another moment. Not to interrupt, but Tyler Harris, when he caught yeah. that dunk, Ooh, and, Madness, yes. and Larry Brown hugged him, that yes. was another key moment. Another yeah. one. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, but, you know, I mean, and then we saw, what about what about uh, Josh Minots? Oh, yes. Like, he won the dunk contest, yeah. and, and rightfully so. But I just, I, I have a, I playfully have a problem with his dunk selection. Like he pulled out the best one for the encore. And I guess that's kind of, maybe that's kind of how you're supposed to do it. But like, I thought his best dunk was, was his last dunk. And I feel like if you're trying to win the dunk contest, don't you, don't you go with your best one in the championship round? I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking about this the wrong way. I I will just tell you this. When I went to All Star, the All Star game in 2020, uh, guys brought out their best stuff pretty early. Now they didn't. Now they saved some stuff. Aaron Gordon saved some good stuff when he dunked over Taco Fall. He saved that for the second round, uh, championship round. But yeah, I think you got to build up for it. And that Josh, that that dunk was really good. But man, if that was a championship dunk, would have been game over. Give out 50s, go home, cancel Christmas. Yeah, he did like a 360 windmill for the championship dunk. His first dunk was like a little cradle thing with his left hand on the back of his head uh, and, and sort of cradled the ball and, and whatever. It got him to the second round, uh, to the championship round, and that's when he did the, th- did the 360 windmill, which was also good. There, I mean, like, look, the man the man is, is extremely athletic, and he showed it, but he busted out for the encore, which it doesn't even look like he, he didn't even think he was going to do. Uh, until the MC sort of uh, uh, goaded him into it, he did like a he came, he ran down the baseline. He he Bounce used one, yeah he used one hand to go under his right leg, caught it with his right hand, and dunked with his right hand all in like all in one motion, and like it, it was just it was a thing of beauty and. Uh, uh, it, it was great, but as far as gleaning anything meaningful um, from Memphis Madness, it's just it's hard to because you know guys aren't going all out. It's it's an exhibition showcase type thing, and but it's fun. It's it's good for recruiting. It's good for the fans, and um, it really helped bring back a sense of normalcy. It was a good yeah. kickoff. Yeah, and, and and as somebody, you know, we're we're all experienced with you know m- you know madness and midnight madness and things like that. We really know that when you go to these we go to these events, it's a pep rally. It's a chance to get excited, to get hyped. But if you're looking to see like any like actual basketball being played, you might have to wait a little bit more. And we'll get to the exhibition coming up this week. But uh, Jason, we saw this week some of the polls coming out. We we've heard about this Memphis team, the hype, the surrounding buzz around this team. Where are they going to be ranked and such and such? The AP poll came out this week, the preseason AP top 25. Um, Memphis came in at number 12. Am I correct? Yeah. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Like, how do you feel about that ranking? Was it too high, too low, right where it should be? What do you think about where the AP voters put the Tigers to start this season? I mean, I feel like it's – I mean, you know, I, I, I understand why people feel like Memphis should be higher. Um, but you know, I can also understand, you know, some of the rationales for, uh, why voters didn't rank Memphis, 
um, all that high. Uh, what I can't understand is the voters who didn't rank them at all um, in their top 25. And there were a couple. Mm. Uh, so it, that part I don't quite understand. I mean, this is an NIT, uh, defending NIT champs, number one recruiting class. Um, you also got to take into account what they did on the coaching staff, adding Larry Brown. I mean, that's he's a difference maker, whether, whether it's on the court, you know what he's not playing. I get that he's not playing the the game, but but he he certainly is a I think going to be a difference maker. Um, it looks like looking at college poll tracker, it looks like there was uh, Memphis was ranked as high as number two in the country. Um, uh, can, and that can was we, can we name can we name who was who was so generous that Memphis fans might want to go thank them for that. Yeah, that's uh, the uh, News and Observer uh, newspaper, Luke DeCock. He uh, uh, he ranked Memphis number two, and it looks like that was as high as they got, and um, he was the only one ranking them that high. Uh, but they had quite a few that ranked them in the top ten. Um, you know, just kind of glancing over it, there's there's quite a few uh, that had them at number seven. Uh, Mike Rodak at AL.com had them at number seven. Um, Nick Kelly at the Tuscaloosa news had him at six. So, you know, they got some love, but, uh, the fact, so, you know, but again, I, I think 12 is too low. Um, but it's not egregious. I don't, I don't think it's so bad, so low that it's like, it should, it should make anybody, uh, that angry. <laughs> well, we know how Memphis fans will be. If there's not, if there's some perceived slight, People will find a way to get angry. And as I glance over your shoulder at College Tracker, there were seven reporters who did not rank. There were seven voters who did not rank them, which is quite interesting. Um, but again, I think this it's good for this Memphis team. Like, you know, 12 is probably okay. I think people are probably want to see kind of how this team shakes out a little bit. But I think there is one thing you want to notice. It's better to be too low than too high. Because again, if you're if you're a preseason top five team and you struggle, People are going to be looking around like, oh, what, what do we say about you? What do we think about you and everything like that? Um, so I think this is kind of a good safe spot where you can exceed expectations but still be motivated enough to say, hey, there's a chance, you know, if you're a Tigers fan, we should have maybe been top 10. So totally understand. Um, and now we'll also wait for the coaches poll, which I believe comes out uh, Monday. Correct, Jason? That's right. The uh, USA Today Coaches Poll comes out Monday, October 25th. We're recording on Wednesday, uh, October 20th. So that'll be um, that'll be really interesting to see. I feel like there's going to be a pretty good discrepancy. I don't think Memphis is going to be 12 in the coaches poll. Not saying they're going to be higher than that. Uh, coaches coaches may feel um, you know may feel like uh, Memphis is lower, but we'll, we'll see. We'll, that'll be that'll be fun to to look forward to. Definitely, definitely, and I think. Kari, you know, if you had a vote, Kari, if you had a vote, where would you put them? I put Memphis around. I'd say nine. I'd say top ten, low top ten. That's that's where I'd put them. And yeah, that's where the, it looks like. Looking at College Poll Tracker, that's it. Looks like the majority of voters, the the high. It looks like I don't. I, I didn't crunch the numbers, but it looks like at least um, a good solid chunk of the votership had them between somewhere between seven and 10. So, yeah. um, but there were, like you said, Evan, there were seven that didn't rank them at all. And so that's going to, that's going to weigh them down. Yeah, definitely. And again, we see some familiar names among some of the voters. Um, we'll, we'll probably, you guys will probably have fun naming some of those guys as, as the season progresses. But anyway, let's move on because 
we actually have basketball to talk about, too. We got an exhibition on Saturday against LeMoyne Owen. And um, it should be fun because not just it's not just a typical warm-up for Memphis, but LeMoyne Owen has some buzz. Uh, Bonzi Wells, former Memphis Grizzlies standout NBA veteran, is now the head coach. Uh, Jason, you broke the story this week that former Grizzlies head coach Lionel Hollins will be a volunteer assistant. Am I correct on that? In a minute, I mean, more or less. I, I don't know that he's going to technically be like a tr- a, a, a quote-unquote assistant coach. He is volunteering his knowledge and expertise and time to the program, whether he's like actually on the bench or, or whatever. I mean, he's in practices. He's helping coach the team on a volunteer basis. So, yes, that's that's the way it is. Gotcha. So again, still another familiar name to to basketball fans in Memphis, adding a little bit more star power to the many coaches here and the players here that are bringing Memphis a lot of attention. So um, let's get to it, Jason. I mean, we've been waiting to see this team, how they're going to look in games. We've seen practices. We saw the pro day. We saw Memphis Madness. What do you think fans should look forward to on Sunday in this exhibition? The rotation is really uh, the big the big thing for me. I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, not that it not that it means a ton. Uh, it is an exhibition. It is their first time out, but it'll at least give us something to talk about. Give us at least a better idea of exactly what that rotation is going to look like. Uh, you know, who's going to be the first few guys off the bench? Who's going to be in the start lineup? Obviously, um, yeah. It's and and then and then the big the big uh, the big names, Imani Bates. Uh, Jalen Duran, uh, what are they going to do? How are they going to look uh, in their first um, true team activity uh, against somebody other than their own teammates? Um, that that's really going to be uh, uh, some of the some of the main things that uh, I'm looking at uh, on Sunday. Definitely, can we get definitely. your starting five, Jason? Starting five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go Amani Bates. Let's go Lester Quinones. Uh, Landers Nolly. DeAndre Williams and Jalen Duran. Those are my five. So you said Amani. Can you give a quick why? Yeah, I, I think, well, Amani Bates, Amani Bates and Jalen Duran are obvious. Like, they're not coming here to come off the bench. <laughs> um, nope. Uh, DeAndre Williams and Landers Nolly. You've got Landers, who's a, who's a all first team, uh, all a all AAC from last year, most outstanding player in the NIT. Deserves to be in the starting lineup, in my opinion. Um, uh, DeAndre Williams is sort of the catalyst, he, or he was last year. Uh, he was sort of the 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 the, the main straw uh, for for Memphis, and then I think Lester Quinones is uh, like. He's the the glue guy. He's he's you know he he guards the other team's best defender, and I don't I mean best um, offensive player, and I don't think you want that guy coming off the bench. So and I and I'm also not sure that Earl Timberlake is quite healthy enough to like start. Uh, we may not even see him Sunday. Um, I don't I mean I don't have any inside inside intel on that, but uh, uh, we may not even see Earl. Um, if he's not fully healthy. Uh, so that's why I say those five will start. I think that's probably what those five, that'll be the start five the rest of the year, in my opinion. Well, you know, for the, for the majority of the rest of the year, we'll say. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. I mean, I will be curious to kind of see for me, one of my big questions is um, 
how does Imani Bates handle being the point guard? I mean, that's kind of one of my questions is, you know, he, he <clears throat> that's what sold him on coming to Memphis. And I kind of want to see how someone who has been touted for his scoring um, can handle running the most important position for a Penny Hardaway team, which is point guard. Um, so a lot of questions, a lot of things will be answered over time, but one exhibition will not give us all the answers, which is why. You should keep following Jason to stay tuned with him because guess what? There will be a lot of stories, of course, on Memphis basketball. Um, trying to think if there's anything else we missed, uh, Jason. Anything else going on with the Tigers basketball? There's so much, obviously, with recruiting and everything else. Like anything else we missed? Uh, I mean, no. I think I think we pretty much covered everything. It's just, yeah, uh, four o'clock tip on Sunday. It'll be on ESPN Plus. Um, but yeah, come on out to, to FedEx forum and, and, uh, see these tigers do their thing. Oh, and, and we should remind people that you got to be fully vaccinated or provide a negative test that was taken within three days of, uh, of, of tip off. Um, so yeah, uh, come on out to FedEx forum. Yep. Yep. And I, and we should also let people know that if you want to go ahead and since the game is on Sunday, if you're listening to this and you uh, haven't been vaccinated, go ahead and go ahead and get that negative test result. Now that way you can go in um, FedEx form, I believe has an app you can use to upload proof of your negative test. Um, FedEx form will have it on their website. Um, I believe we may provide links as well at commercial appeal, but definitely check that out. That way you can go and enjoy the game and keep everybody safe. It should be fun. Um, with the game on ESPN Plus, you'll definitely want to follow Jason if you don't have it because he'll have all your live updates inside FedEx Forum. He's covering the Tigers as great as anyone. You'll also want to go to CommercialAppeal.com because he has a great story up right now on um, the friendship between Imani Bates and one of the players on uh, Lemoyne Owen. Um, gosh, I can't remember the young man's name, Jason. Kill me out real quick. Jalen Fisher. Uh uh, started his began his career at Cordova, where he was teammates with Tyler Harris, actually, and then uh, realized quickly that he wasn't going to uh, pass Tyler Harris on the depth chart. So uh, he moved to Ypsilanti, Michigan, where he was uh, he was a senior when Imani Bates was a freshman on that team. And uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty neat story. Yeah, definitely go check it out. Jason again does a great job. Um, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. So. Um, Carl, thank you for being our special guest today. Hope you enjoyed your uh, dose of Southern hospitality, chiming in with your usual great hot takes. It was fun. It was fun. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> All right. And uh, for Jason Munns, I'm Evan Barnes. Um, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy FedEx Forum. And Memphis basketball is back. Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.